You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about the Rule 5 draft because those decisions are coming up. We're going to talk about uh, some moves and maneuvers that occurred in free agency. And we'll, on the back end of the show, look at another potential trade candidate for the Indians. Now, I'm hoping this show is going to go pretty smoothly because I already did the first half of the show before I realized that for some reason Audacity um, had the wrong mic on. And uh, sitting a little bit of a distance from the computer mic, which is pretty terrible, led to some uh, horrific uh, audio. Now, I know there's some who think the audio is uh, has its ups and downs to begin with, but I'm trying to do my best over here to make it a more fun experience. Over on 24-7 Sports, I talk about, uh, I still have that piece up in case you missed it, talking about the qualifying offer, 10 players that were offered, the 7 that declined, the 2 that accepted, and the 1 who was already signed, and kind of looking at what it means for the draft, and looking at what's going to happen maybe amongst those players. It's just uh, you know, a chance to kind of dig into some things there. Now, one of those players is Will Smith, who I've talked about on the podcast and in the article. And I believe on the podcast it was where I stated, well, the Braves signed Will Smith. They've already got all these other pieces in place. They are unlikely to re-sign Chris Martin, who was one of my major free agency targets for the Cleveland Indians. And the long and short of it is I was completely, totally, and utterly wrong as Chris Martin re-signed with the Braves today for two years, $14 million. That's $7 million a year. Nice and easy for them. Martin was really effective for... Um, the Braves, once they traded Kobe Albert Allard, I'm sorry, for him, he uh, he was awesome. Uh, he had been good with the Rangers, but he took a step forward with the Braves. The Braves had issues with their pen last year. They have made some massive moves to upgrade over the last six months. Um, already mentioned signing Will Smith. They re-signed Darren O'Day. There's Mark Melancone. They traded for Sean Green in season. They traded for Chris Martin in season, and they just re-signed him. Uh, they've got a Josh Tomlin, former Indian, was pretty successful for them a year ago, and will likely get another chance with them. They've got, you know, Luke Jackson's been effective in the past, as it's AJ Minter, Chad Sabaka, and you know, there's guys like Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, some of those young arms that might get a chance in the pen this year rather than as a starter. Uh, Fulty is another one. Mike, uh, Ful- uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. But needless to say, they have a lot of arm talent and a lot of ways to kind of weaponize that arm talent uh, or to use those for trade uh, assets, as they, especially if they strike out a bit, uh, to use the maybe a pun in this situation with the third base market, which is a market that a lot of teams are diving into in free agency. The Braves today uh, also added uh, Christian Pache to their 40-man. They're up to 30 uh, players on their 40 man. He's one of the top prospects in all of baseball. And it's a natural progression there to talk about the fact that tomorrow by 8 p.m. is the deadline to add players to your 40 man roster. The Indians currently sit at 38. They've sat at 38 since that day where they had all of the players they let go. Uh, in terms of teams that have the most room currently on their 40 man, the Nationals have 10 open spots, Cubs and Twins are at 8. The Braves, Brewers, Tigers, and White Sox are at 7. Now, this is what stands out, is you're not going to see a team like the Nationals, the Cubs, or the Twins likely swing a lot in the Rule 5, but the Tigers and the White Sox are teams that make sense to take a few more chances, and the Tigers, this could be a tradable asset. Um, 
especially since they have the first pick. And if there's a player that a team like the Nationals thinks could help them, uh, it provides that opportunity. The Indians currently have two open spots, as mentioned before. And uh, I saw the Plain Dealer had a piece. That was interesting because they mentioned, like, Argentis Agulo, Daubert Siri, some other guys they didn't think are, you know, even on the bubble from the Indians. But they didn't mention... Luis Oviedo, who at the start of the year was a consensus top 10 prospect, had some struggles this year. I don't think Oviedo is going to be added. I don't think Jose Fermin is going to be added, but there is some danger he would be selected just as a potential utility player who, you know, has performed better every single year. Uh, the Basically, the Indians have three guys, and the problem is they have two spots. Now, when you look at the Indians roster, of the 38 players on there, 20 of them are pitchers. So that 40-man is incredibly pitcher-heavy, and that's also where they probably have the most fat trim, in my opinion. Um, Juan Carlos Mejia didn't really step up after being added. Uh, you got like guys like Phil Maton and Hunter Wood that are fringe guys, kind of at best to me. Uh, the, the hitting, your fielders, there's not a lot of uh, depth in there. There's not a lot of guys where I'm like, oh, yeah, we can cut this one or that guy. Um, I do feel like, you know, Tyler Naquin could be someone if they, he's not going to play most of next year anyways, and it could be a way to cut close to a million dollars off the books. But other than him, there wasn't a whole lot of guys who stood out as, you know, but I feel like if you let Mike Freeman go with, with an understanding that maybe you try to re-sign him later and pass someone through waivers, who's signing Mike Freeman? I, I just, I don't see that as a, a player you have to worry about. But no matter what, the the big three for the Indians basically at this point, um, you know, I, I think Cam Hill is also a guy who very very likely could be selected um, by a team who likes the numbers and wants to see what he can do. Um, you can never have enough bullpen arms. But the big three are Daniel Johnson, who could be a fourth outfielder for pretty much any team in baseball right now, just with his raw tools. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, who's a former top thirty, top forty prospect in all baseball, who's been dealing with injuries. And Scott Moss, who made it up to AAA this year and has been effective as a starter, um, as a lefty. You can never have enough lefties, especially one that's had success as a starter. And you can use against lefties and righties. The, the Indians have to at least let one player go tomorrow. I think you have to add all three. I think if you don't add all three of those guys, um, any one of them is extremely, extremely likely to get selected in the draft. And that's kind of where we are with the 40-man. So you'll hear some kind of Indians roster announcement before 8 p.m. tomorrow. Um, if they didn't have any roster announcement before 8 p.m. tomorrow, that would be absolutely shocking. I, I would I would have some serious concerns about uh, the who's managing and if they're even trying, if they don't have some kind of moves going on tomorrow. The Indians have two of their top ten prospects, some places... I could see someone arguing two of their top five prospects uh, eligible for the 40-man. And, you know, a year ago we saw the Indians kind of combing this time, going out and making trades uh, with Tampa for Huey and with San Diego for Walter Lockett. Kind of those guys who were fringe 40-man guys for the teams they were with. So instead of those teams cutting those guys and then the Indians potentially having to uh, lose out on adding those players. The Indians went out and traded for them so they could get guys they liked. The thing is, it really didn't work out for them. Uh, about the best value they got was then shipping Lockett to the Mets for um, Kevin Ploiecki and the value he brought as a backup catcher for an organization that really didn't have anyone that they trusted in that role. They wanted Haas to get more regular time in AAA. So, yeah, it didn't really work out. I don't think we're going to see them 
making all the moves they made around this time a year ago. I mean, they were small maneuvers. I wouldn't blame anyone who missed them. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see the jostling that we kind of saw. The The roster is extremely uh, tight this year. It, 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 there's a big crunch. The Indians, uh, they're going to have to make a few tough decisions here. And I think if they, if they add two, they're definitely going to lose one player at least. And I think if they add three, there's still a good chance they're going to lose someone in this year's Rule 5 draft. You will never lose when you use our sponsor, BlueChew.com. BlueChew has been our sponsor from day one. They sponsored the MLB podcast, and they have been one of the best sponsors we have. They have been consistent, they have been with us, and they have helped get the MLB podcasts over here on the Lockdown Network off the ground by being that kind of cornerstone sponsor. And Blue Chew has the deal. We're going to go to BlueChew.com, use the promo code MLB, and you can try their product for free. They believe in it so much that they're giving it away for free. You have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping, but if you've ever been curious about mail enhancement, if you've tried other mail enhancement, here's your chance to see why Blue Chew has a product that they believe in so much they think you'll come back after trying it for free. It is, as it says in the name, it is a little blue pill that's chewable. It's the same reason that they make Tylenol chewable. It gets in your bloodstream quicker and helps you quicker. It allows you to do what you want to do. So if you've been curious, if you've tried it, whatever. If you want to look into mail enhancement, here's your chance for free. Go to bluejew.com and use the promo code MLB. We already talked about the Braves a little bit, but let's continue on. Let's look at the Braves as a potential trade candidate for the Indians. Now, they often come up, especially in terms of Francisco Lindor. And let's just start out there. The Braves really do not make sense for Francisco Lindor, and there's a couple of reasons for this. One's, one, Dansby Swanson has been a below-average offensive talent um, and a purely average one defensively. Um, he wasn't even worth a full win a year ago, and that is his third straight year in the majors. Uh, you know, I could bring up the fact that uh, Vandy hitters have just never hit in the pros. Uh, you can go back to recent top prospects like Jaron Kendall, though he kind of flamed out during his junior year. Pedro Alvarez is one of the biggest names and still one of the most successful bats to go through that program. They've been great at arms, but the hitters just have not uh, not been able to find that success in the, the majors. Now, Swanson was okay offensively, okay def- uh, defensively, but on the whole, you're just not getting much. And he's... He just doesn't. Uh, he doesn't excite me. He's he's a tertiary piece at best. Now, what uh, what players would make sense for Lindor? And that's kind of where you run into the issue with the Braves. Now, it does get funny if you go over to Dansby Swanson, Swanson, and you look over um, at some of the Brave sites, and they think the package for uh, Lindor would cost one top prospect, uh, Dansby Swanson, uh, back of the top ten guy, and a twentieth overall prospect. That um, That's not a package that gets you Lindor, let's be honest here. Swanson is not that valuable. Um, he doesn't carry a ton of value. He is a tertiary piece, like I said, in the deal. You're looking at a, a Waiters, a Pache, and an Anderson, um, along with a proven major league hitter, and then Swanson, and then another top 10 prospect. And Braves fans don't even like the idea of trading kind of that lesser package. And that's kind of the issue with the Braves and Lindor. The Indians are going to want at least two pieces being Major League talent that can help them now. 
and the Braves don't really have that, uh, especially with Donaldson leaving. Uh, Austin Riley started out really well. He came back to earth, and his strikeout-to-walk ratio is absolutely positively frightening. Um, I don't think the Braves are really counting on Austin Riley as a starter next year um, in any way, shape, or form. That's why they're looking at the third base market instead of trying to just say they're going to slot him in there. I don't think he's necessarily someone the Indians would want to acquire in a trade based on performance this year. There's always been concerns about um, if his bat can play at the major league level. He's shown the ability in the minors, but there's some slowness there that has concerned people in the same way that someone like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a recent example. I always go back to Sam Horn in my head, um, and I think that's because for a while they're like the only prospect site that I could read about an individual team was the Sons of Sam Horn, which is a Red Sox site back in the day. But, you know, here's a guy who could just mash with the best of them in AAA but can never hit in the majors. Went to Japan and was great. I'm not saying that's necessarily Austin Riley, but there's some similar concerns there. Um, you know, the Braves re-signed Nick Markakis on the, the cheap. He's a league average bat, and he's going to start for them next year. Um, they probably could use an upgraded catcher. You got Freeman and Albies and Acuna. Those are the three kind of like central fantastic hitters. After that, everyone else was average to below average at best. And, you know, uh, John, uh, Johan Camargo took a major step back. Uh, Ender Inciarta was hurt. Uh, Adam Duvall was actually pretty effective in limited use, but they don't really have the pieces. Um, they, they don't have a lot of depth. And while they do have a lot of prospects, guys like Pache and Drew Waiters, who are going to be close uh, for helping them this year, I don't see the pieces. They don't have anyone proven. They don't have that guy where, like, when I talk about the Mets, and I'm like, Jeff McNeil. Like, you know, immediately it goes there. Or even, like, when you look at uh, the Yankees and you're talking about some of the, the players that could be uh, pieces with the Yankees, um, the Braves just don't make that sense. And then, you know, the Braves, uh, their pitching staff is kind of probably their best trait, their starters. I already talked about the pen and what they've added to that pen. Um, and I didn't even talk about Sean Newcomb back there, who has always had command issues, but really the pen might be his ideal place, and I think he'll continue to stick there. But they have all these young arms. They have all these, you know, Soraka was amazing last year. Um, Julio Tehran was solid. Max Freed really took a step forward for them. And they're just going to keep moving these guys up. Uh, they're just going to keep sending these waves and waves and waves. You know, someone like Kyle Wright did have his struggles and caught up, and they, you know, the Bryce Wilsons, and they tried a few guys out there, and eventually some of these guys will probably move into that, uh, the pen roll for them. But the pitching staff set, their top prospects, it's, it's clearly Pache, Waiters, and Anderson. Um, you're not getting Pache. He's probably one of the top ten prospects in baseball. Waiters is a maybe. Anderson, I think, is a little bit overrated, and you got the Kyle Wrights and the Bryce Wilsons, the William Contreras, uh, who's a catcher, and then it's kind of a bunch of, I don't know if I want to say meh, but it's kind of that, like, very typical of what I see of a team kind of in the 7-15 to 15 range. Like, this is not the super deep system it once was. They've had a lot of graduations. They've had a lot of guys kind of take a valuation step backwards this year. Um, their draft for having two first-rounders was not all that impressive. There was a lot of people who kind of looked back and were surprised by the uh, the the lack of um, 
kind of the lack of risk to the draft. So we'll have to see. But yeah, the the Braves, it's a very pitching-heavy system, and I don't think the Indians really are looking to acquire pitching. Like I think if they make a trade for Lindor, a centerpiece, and the most of the centerpieces are going to be hitters. And again, that's, you know, Dansby Swanson, for as much as people might want to be like, oh, he could take a step forward. Again, this is a guy who is going to be 26 in February. So he is a like a year younger than Lindor and already has um, nearly 500 games in the majors, nearly 2,000 plate appearances. The chances of a massive step forward are unlikely. Now, he did take a small one last year to basically go from... But, I mean, so it's interesting to say that because, yes, his OPS did jump uh, by 49 points, but his OPS plus stayed about the same. So while he did see some improvement, uh, there were some small numbers that showed him to be kind of similar in 2018 and 2019. And that's why, like, I just, I just don't see a trade with the Braves, because if you look at the Braves right now, as mentioned, they're a team that kind of wants to upgrade a shortstop themselves. That's why the Lindor rumors happen. They need uh, help at third base. Now, their corner outfield options are a bit weak, but they do have those top prospects coming up. Um, Johan Camargo was, you know, was a good hitter just two years ago. I, basically, a deal that would make sense, I think, is more of a lesser secondary deal. Something where I don't even know what the Indians could trade. Um, but, uh, you know, where the Indians would maybe try to get someone like... Um, like Camargo on the cheap because he's you know he had the down year and again he's gonna he's another guy he's turning 26 in December really ugly year for him at age 25 but age 24 was quite good and age 23 was solid or trying to go out and uh maybe pick up Ender uh Inciarte on the cheap when you look at him, he's got what is seven point seven million. So he's owed about sixteen million over the next uh, two years, plus the the buyout. And it's interesting. His number one comp right now in Baseball Reference is Coco Crisp. Both kind of guys who uh, started to have a, a bit of a fade later in their career. Other guys like Roger Cedeno, Roger Cedeno, uh, Lenny Dykstra, players who kind of started to fade in their early thirties. And you know, Inciarte. He was an all-star that first year in Atlanta, and that was kind of a career peak. Uh, next year, he the only number in black, which means he was a top uh, producer, was caught stealing. And this past year, he appeared in all of 65 games. Now, he was effective in those 65 games, but only one time in his career, like, has his OPS plus even been 100, which is average. He's always been a below-average bat, but he's a three-time gold glove winner in the corners and in center field. And last year, he just wasn't getting to the the balls he used to get to. Now that was also possibly possibly due to injury. But uh, yeah, he's one of those guys you maybe buy low on, the, especially if the Braves want to save a, a little bit more money to chase some someone like uh, Donaldson to resign or one of the other third basemen. That uh, NCRT at eight million could be a potential steal. Um, at the same time, the Indians might have their own version of Ender in CRT, really in Oscar Mercado. So I don't know if it's an ideal fit. Uh, yeah, they're just not great. There's not a great natural trade between them. Um, the front office hasn't really made a deal with the Braves in recent memory. 
and when AA was with the Blue Jays, they didn't really make a bunch of trades there. Most of their recent trades with the Blue Jays occurred after there was a shift in the front office. So this has been Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. You can find me online at Jeff MLB Draft. Uh, you can find all of my stuff over at Scouting Baseball. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Tribe!